Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 592. We've um, got a small panel. The rest of ill, suffering, dying of the virus, probably. Uh, uh, but we carry on, listeners and viewers, for your entertainment. I've got a small panel here. So, got Andrew Palmer. Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Well, I'm Andrew Palmer, and uh, I'm very honoured to be on the WP Tonic Show once again. So, we'll find out a little bit about me at the end, I expect. Yes, you will. And I've got Uncle Spencer here. Uncle would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yes, uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And uh, very happy to be here. <laughs> All right, fair enough. He's in, a, he's in his normal difficult mood. Uh, <laughs> Castus, uh, before we go into the main part of the show, we uh, want to talk about one of my great sponsors, and that's Castus. Um, their pod hosting platform. Uh, I moved to them a couple of months ago. Um, I really loved it. It's got a great interface. It's about half the price of the previous um, company that I was using. I had some chats with them, and then they decided they wanted to be a major sponsor of the show. So I've just been delighted. If you're looking to get into podcasting yourself, you need a reliable platform and a reliable RSS feed. And that you get with Castos plus a host of other um, services and, and elements to help you with your podcasting for yourself or if you're setting up something for a client. I can't recommend them more. Go over, see what they've got to offer, and I'm sure you'll sign up. So let's go straight in to the first story. Um, Gravity Forms 2.5 launches. Um so what did you think of this one, um, Spencer? Yeah, this actually was good. Um, Gravity Forms is certainly a great example of one of the grandfather plugins of WordPress, who, unlike other companies, has stayed under the radar. Carl Hancock, nobody needs to hear from or see or talk to, but he's just built a great company that has a product everybody relies on. It does its job. They don't get involved in any politics or shenanigans or any other whatever. And uh, I think it's really nice to see the new interface because it has become a bit of a chore until this came out. And we'll see how this works out. It's become a chore to make Gravity Forms look good within the scope of whatever page builder you're using, right? So if you're using Elementor, there's a lot of add-ons that specifically fix Gravity Forms. And for myself, uh, Divi and so forth as well. For myself, even though I know CSS and CSS classes, there, it's a bit of a drag on the earlier Gravity Forms having to, like, in every form put in, you know, the specific class, and then you still got to tweak stuff, and the drop-downs don't match. So what I'm hoping from this is that it just makes it competitive with other products, which, quite frankly, do an amazing job out of the box, such as Fluent Forms, which just looks great, acts great, does great, but Gravity Forms obviously was a little long in the tooth around that, so... Yeah, it's great. What do you reckon, Andrew? Yeah, well, I'm pleased they've moved on. You know, there's a great little plugin actually for Divi and Gravity Forms, which is called Serbma, I think, and it's it's on it's free. It's on the .org, 
and it makes your CSS gra of a gravity form look, look like the Divi form because people like the Divi form for some reason. But I actually moved away from gravity forms to WS form because Mar Mark Westgard and his uh, partner John, I think, have done a great job of of having a, a drag and drop. They've they've had drag and drop, and it's it's responsive and logic and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really pleased that gravity forms have gone kind of that way. You know, they needed to improve upon uh, they made they needed to make it um, user friendly from a non developer perspective because it wasn't particularly was it Spencer? So you you don't now need right. to be a developer to use Gravity Forms because I've always loved Gravity. I, you know, I've got the lifetime license and I've, I, it's on loads of sites. I, I love it. But um, I, I transitioned really to WS Form because I, I love that as well. So, so yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in a difficult place now because I like them both. Well, I mean, what, what I think is interesting about this is this is going to differentiate for those who've been around long enough, whether they'll continue to use the old tool or go to a new tool because the feature set's comparable. So using Fluent Forms as the model, although you could talk about WP Forms or other ones too, but with Fluent Forms in particular, super attractive because Shah Jahan Jewel and his team are doing the other comparable plugins that work in conjunction. Fluent CRM, Fluent SMTP, works with WP Fusion. It's something that we encourage anybody to use. However, they had up until this perhaps a killer reason not to start Gravity Forms, which was there's no question that the Fluent CRMs and the Fluent Forms interface is like buttery smooth and UI drag and drop, like makes you feel good. It's easy. It's, whereas with Gravity Forms, you kind of had that old fashioned, you had to understand how to cut a tree down and make it into a board and build a cabin out of it. Um, it's still not necessarily fixed with this, but at least they're bringing themselves back up to the position for those of us who've been around a while. We don't have to come up with excuses why, you know, Gravity Forms isn't clunky if we put it into a user site. Whereas, you know, before it's sort of apologizing why we're using this tool. Um, and that's too bad because, again, price-wise, feature-wise, Gravity Forms has a heck of a lot of add-ons and, and documentation behind it. And yeah. I think that's, that's helpful. So it's a good thing all around. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a pat on the back. I think that's the first thing you've got to say is a pat on the back. Well done, Gravity Forms, you know. Getting yeah. together yeah, is well, a big they, job. They, yeah, they proved me wrong because I thought they were going to put it on the market because they really wasn't doing much. And I was wrong about that. Um, so far. I, I, kind of, I kind of keep both, actually. I'm using um, Fluent Forms mostly with clients, but I, we, I'm still going to keep my Gravity because of... It's useful to have, and it's not ridiculous price. As long as you well, keep, you've got the legacy price, right? Like yes. I have the legacy. If you've got yeah, the legacy really. price, it's yeah. it's like Divi lock-in price. Like, Amazing, it's like isn't it? It's Thirty-five dollars a year or something for unlimited use or something yeah. like that. Ninety-nine. They charge me ninety-nine or something. Um, yeah, mean, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So, but it, um, but it integrates with so many other platforms. So if you've got a problem with Fluent um, Forms with integration, you can probably fall back on onto Gravity. And it, it's very rare that you can't find something that will integrate with Gravity that you're looking to do. Yeah. So, and yeah, snippets I, I, too, by the way. Worthy to mention for those who are not necessarily needing that, but like if you have to use it, 
finding that there's a bunch of PHP snippets and the, the deeper integration capabilities of, let's say, filters and hooks. Um, there's a lot of times we've done stuff for advanced clients that you really couldn't do out of the box unless you reacquainted yourself with the API of somebody else or if you knew their code. Gravity's been around long enough that there's been lots of little inventions that have been memorialized on GitHub and so forth as a snippet. Yeah, and also they 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 change direction. They they reopened their forum, haven't they? Where yeah, they, that, they right. closed that down. Well, they kept it. It was very a very frustrating situation because they kept it going, um, but they didn't. They they weren't actively um, supporting it, so it had all old information on it. Um, but they weren't allowing any new. Um, you had to go through their ticketing system. Um, their forum was a, a great resource, so they changed direction on that, which I I think was a a great. You know, um, I think they listened to their users, mm-hmm. so. There's there's support, right? That's that's some of yeah. the best support you can get. Yeah, the support's always been pretty good, isn't it? And that's what the thing is with with if you look at those two communities, I, I can't compare Divi directly because Divi is going really fast in another direction as well. But like if you compare utility plugins or utility themes of days of old, right? So looking at Gravity Forms, I don't know their numbers, but I can guesstimate they're a healthy seven-figure year business. I mean, it certainly must be. There's so many embedded users who are there at a price, what I'll call set it, forget it, that literally speaking, as long as they just keep up with the times, they don't have to be flashy. They're just a commodity utility plugin and they'll carry on, right? Like that's what's so great about it. We don't need to hear of all the drama and we don't need to hear that they're trying to jam some revolutionary thing down everybody's throat every five days. Uh, they're just doing what they're there for, you know. It's like a like a mixer, like a spoon or something, you know. Just does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Right. On to the next story. Um, we discussed this last week, but it's the story that keeps giving. Our, um, so, uh, our, um, uh, inside the all hands meeting, a third of Basecamp employees quitting. What did you think of this one, Andrew? What a clever move because, um, you know, I was having a chat with somebody and they kind of pointed some stuff out to me and a very wise man in the business, we're a very wise person in the business. And, and basically, and we're not suggesting that they've done this on purpose, but, you know, they spent a shed load of money on hay. They've, they're, they're kind of maybe, they've got loads of competitors as well. They're a bit political themselves, these two. You know, if you see, read their Twitter feed, they're they're a bit angry, but, you know, DHH is certainly a bit of an angry person and likes to start a fight occasionally. But I think they... they, come from Chicago, don't they? Don't you forget about that. I don't know anything about that because I'm from the UK and we're all very nice people here. But the point point I'm trying to make is (laughs) that uh, you... What a great, what a great move! If your business isn't doing well, you know, you piss off all your employees, and a third of them leave. Awesome! How, 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 how to make loads of redundancies without actually costing you a, a fortune? So, there's there could be that side of it. The other side of it is that, you know, I've got a rule. The pub, I call it the pub rule. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about anything 
that is controversial if you're sitting in the pub with your mates because there's going to be a fight, right? So if you take that into your own business and you've got a, you've got a forum in your own business and everybody's talking about everything else, and I'm not trying to belittle what the, the subjects that they're talking about, but work is for work, right? And I'm I, and I am an employer, so work is for work. When I was in the printing business, we had to, we had people physically fighting each other over the, 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 the football match on the Saturday that somebody lost or won. So, you know, I kind of get it. The way they've done it, though, in public is, one, it's none of our business what their internal machinations of their company is. And two, they they why did they do it? I don't understand why they went public well, it, on it. It, it. It helps with the new book, though. The new book yeah, sales going to improve, isn't it? Uh, but they have plenty to write about about how not to run a company. Yeah, well, so exactly. they've got plenty of new material now, aren't they? The point um, is, is that the, the people that have, have left, hopefully they've got enough of a skill base. All these Chicago get, straight talking. Wow, they're going to get, you know. Uh, these, guys, right. these people are going to get jobs. They'll, they'll get jobs. Or the negative side, if they've left, is that an employer may look at these employees that have just walked out on the company. Why would I want you? You know, if you if you can't um, stay with yeah, the company. The is, um, I understand it's it's a difficult one. You can't make people not talk, but you just don't. You, you, you just have a general rule that the management they make it clear that their political opinions are that their personal political opinions. They had a culture where it kind of, they kind of mixed it up where it was like they were talking for base camp a bit, you know, and then I think because of their position, it kind of filtered into the company a bit. Yeah, and then they had these this ridiculous policy. They must have, they must have been aware of it. When I was reading the article, I've got his name. They got this um, one of their lieutenants who, in the meeting, got butchered um, because he's oh, yeah. a bit of a right winner, and I, I got the feeling he wasn't the most popular geezer in the organisation. Singer, was his name? Singer. Yeah, Singer. And yeah. they, they did, you know, um, the hatchet started flying, didn't it? Because he opened his frigging mouth a bit too much. And yeah, put, but the, he, petrol, put the petrol on the fire, didn't he? Yeah. So, did you, yeah, he burned him. He, he sort of put the petrol on himself and lit and lit the lighter. But the point is, is that if but all these people were getting on with each other and get, and building a great business or, a, you know... A, well, I don't a great think they were business. getting on that well, were well, they? But they were. They were getting on with the job. And I think that's all Freed and DHH one is the, for the business to carry on being a business rather than a political forum and for people and loads of infighting and toxicity. Now, the, the, you can allege, and I will only allege because Spencer's a lawyer and I know these kind of things yeah. myself, but the, I will only allege that, you know, one, it could have been intentional that they that they did this in public to piss people off. But two, the DHH and Freed themselves, I allege, are very, very political themselves and very fancy. So, you know, they, they kind of, if you make your bed, you've got to lie in it, haven't you? You do, just saying, oh, you can't talk about, I think, well, you spent a bloody career opening your bloody mouths. Um, right. Exactly. Spencer, what what do you think of this? 
Right. Delicious okay. story. That Lawyer's perspective. Yes. Give me the stuff to talk about. Am I not correct that everybody in England is like a character in a Guy Ritchie movie? I thought you guys were all like lock, stuck, and smoking oh, barrel. I've got, a, I've got to share a picture of my That's right. I'm going Stop it. Oi. Just hold your neck in. Fold, hold your neck in, son. <laughs> oh, you know. Knows everything about English. It's like people. a Michael Caine yeah, movie. He has somebody. He has an English. He only has a, only blow the bloody doors off. Right. He knows. He knows everything about English <laughs> people, Angie, because he has an English employee. That's so right. he knows everything about English people. Just so, watch old. Just just watch old Michael Caine movies, and you'll know everything you need to know. Okay. So similarly yeah. for Chicago, I think. One of the things Andrew said, which was correct, which is the point, is that Jason Freed, no, no, David is, of course, a transplant. So he's got some hybrid European mentality, but he's been living, or at least was living in Chicago long enough. But Jason is pure. He's Danish, isn't he? He's from he's, Denmark, he's, isn't he? He's one of my people from my hood. And so I'm trying to explain the other week that what's going on here is really more simple, okay? It is their personal company. A thing I want to correct of Andrew, because I think you may not be understood, is they are not bleeding cash. They are drowning in cash. They're drowning in cash. They have so much cash, they don't know what to do with because of the thousands of recurring subscribers. And the product itself, irrelevant to the politics, is just solid and sticky and people never leave it because it's too, you know, it's, it works and it's too hard to leave. So if you let aside all of the politics, their, their issues are motivated by cash like this. The two of them are sitting on a money printing machine that they own hundred percent of the stock of. Now, Jason has made his career of being a sort of outspoken, like thought leader and David in his own way, the same way, but for code. Jason, in particular, with all of his books, you can just see it, but I understand where he's coming from. It's like he's trying to explain like a mini Steve Jobs of how to run a company differently than everybody else. Well, he runs it differently, all right. (laughs) But here's the thing. They clearly, like a bunch of frat boys, allowed something to happen that politically – Used to be kind of like snicker, snicker. It's okay. No, I, think it, you, I think it's actually called common fucking sense that you don't. <laughs> you don't. I don't think. It, I don't think it's that obvious. This to your customers, and you take you take piss of the foreign name. No, no, it's not like that. Because here's why: they've never had a problem at that company with diverse hiring. I mean, they don't hire all white guys or something. They they have. Young and old and disabled, and they had lots of progressive policies, and it all colors. Not now, the fucking all resigned. <laughs> Hold on, just let me at least get this out. So, what I'm saying is the company itself doesn't have a history of being misogynistic or racist or anything else. But you could accuse them of two guys who see the world through rose-colored glasses of millions and millions and millions of dollars and getting big heads about look how smart I am because I wrote you know, Upwork or this or whatever my book is, that they got cocky. And they got cocky because they allowed something to fester that politically should have been killed or fixed a long time ago. But by the time they figured it out, as I said last weekend, they found themselves in a no-win situation. Andrew addressed this too. The no-win situation is we either talk about it publicly and it just 
we're damned if we do say this and damned if we do say that because everybody's going to have an opinion about it and we're just going to end up drowning in all this. Or we take a really radical approach, which people who own their own companies do. They say, F all of you guys, shut the F up, and you just don't talk about Fight Club anymore. And we'll take the licks that we take for having suppressed you. Now, as far as this event that happened, clearly you can see how the frat boys realized that this thing had gone too far because the troops started to rebel. And somebody has to take the fall. Clearly this Ryan Singer is kind of one of those like right-wing pundit type characters who feels like he has 17 years of reasons to tell everybody how to think a certain way. And Jason and, uh, and David realized, holy fuck, like this guy's got to come off, you know. And I'm sure this guy, Ryan Singer, is a multimillionaire. So they said, look, best if you just skedaddle, take your money and be done with us. Now, how is this all going to end for them? I don't think it's a PR stunt. I don't think it's going to hurt their business or help their business. It'll go away like all things go away. The people who leave are entitled to leave because they don't feel comfortable, right? It reveals that they're working for two frat boys and that lots of the promises about like diversity and this and that were maybe a lot of hot air. But I do feel that they won't make the same mistake. And I do feel in the future they yeah, won't allow these things to happen. I, I, but yeah, like, I think, it, I, think I, I think you're right, but I just can't. I, I'm, I just find it delicious that the, the these business type they, they like to see see themselves as business leaders. They're right. But they really are. It's two figure Spence, they are. No, get, don't get don't get me wrong. They've I mean, haven't they done well, right? Their mothers and fathers. It's fathers like an eight-figure business of two guys from, no, but it's from it's the garage. And, and without DHH, we wouldn't have Ruby on Rails, right? But, so, you know, it's, it's a great well, thing. David. What I, you're I, not I, understand, I, I, what, you're, I, not, David, what yeah. you're not really being empathic about, Jonathan, is that everybody is human and everybody yeah. makes mistakes, right? And they've made this, this, like Spencer says, this will go away. Nobody I've made a few mistakes, Andrew, but I never drawed up a list of my foreign sounding clients and then just they didn't do that they just let somebody somebody else did it somebody else did it somebody allowed somebody to do it which was very untoward and it wasn't proper but i tell you what Vin, if it got on as me running the company got on to my radar they'd be chopped quicker than the you're you're being unfair about one thing we all are old enough us old geezers to have grown up in the 70s, and then being adults in the 80s and the 90s. In the 70s, the TV, I mean, like mainstream TV, Norman Lear was like Archie Bunker telling Polish jokes and stuff like that. Oh, or, darn it. In we we, we love my neighbor. We, you know, come on, John. We, you know, we grew up, we, we grew up with Alf Garnet, Love Thy Neighbor, um, and, and all those kind of programs, you know. So we we know, and that, and they, you know, you can't. They, they they wouldn't be allowed on TV now. You know, they're not, they're not even allowed on YouTube now. You know, everything, so everything evolves. The point yeah. is, you're being un, unfair about how this came about. When Basecamp and Thirty Seven Signals came about, I believe, as I recall, it was in the early two thousands. But the point was, we were not living in the kind of political climate we're in now. We we had all kinds of things in the main 
the, I don't know, the, the verbiage that people use that would not be acceptable now about everything from people's race or, or sexual orientation or, or anything, their gender. And so now we're in a world where it's like hypersensitive for good reason. But at the same time, like this just snuck up and they realized, holy shit. And that's why they were talking about in the article how some people were pissed off because they got rid of stuff. They were pissed off because they buried all these skeletons, but they buried the skeletons because they looked at it and they're like, Jesus Christ, how do we, we allow this can't them? go on? Yeah, quite. This can't go. So, no, I've got no problem with what they're doing. I'm not backtracking or anything, but I do think they've had a result. They've got rid of 20 people or a third of their company and they can re-employ and they can re-employ for less money and they can re-employ a better skill base and things like that. And I guarantee that's what's going to happen. Listen, I've, I've been involved in big companies, small companies, tiny companies, whatever. And this, as far as they're, they're concerned, it's not going to hurt Basecamp. It's not going to hurt their, their business. It's going to just... You know, they're blocking people on Twitter because they can't be bothered to, to answer the questions or they're blocking people, whatever. But they, it's not a bad result for them because they've got rid probably among those 20 or allegedly among those 20 will be, especially Mr. Springer, who's who's admitted or, or been proven to be kind of slightly toxic, then, you know, out of those 20, there's going to be five or six or maybe eight or 10 that... that that are toxic people as well. So they've got they've got rid of the toxicity. Apart I think from they got, rid of, they got rid of one of the problems. I don't think that was their intent, but I would agree with you that this is where it comes down to. As a person who's run small businesses that have contractors and other people, since they have the ability, it's not a publicly traded company, as far as I understand, to make choices like this. Better for them that everybody who was annoyed or was going to be an instigator rose their hand and said, I'm not going to do this. I'm out of here. And they're like, fine, we'll make it easy. We'll give you a severance package. Bye-bye. I agree with you that it wasn't for financial reasons that it's beneficial, but it's definitely for the, hey, step in line or not. And if you're not going to step in line, that's fine. Bye-bye. We'll sure. get somebody who will fill your place who will step in line. Because I guarantee you in the future, they are not going to make the same mistake twice. They're not going to allow this stuff to happen. And they're not going to allow people that kind of freedom to be, you know, saying stuff that would get them in trouble because who needs it? They literally both are family guys with kids. They both have better things to worry about. And who wants somebody to take away their gold mine? I mean, nobody. Yes. Nobody. All so. right. We're going to go for our break. When we come back, I've got some hopefully interesting stories. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers 
as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. Coming back, um, had a little discussion about Basecamp, how the great fall, but there we go. Our, um, before we go on to the next story, I want to talk about one of my other great sponsors. That's Conversio. Conversio is a WordPress-only hosting provider. It's really for top tier for real companies, agencies, where you're looking for real performance for your clients. Um, they showed me the back end of their interface. I was really impressed. And it really is, um, they do really provide performance. Um, that's their key word and support. Um, so if you've got some clients that need real performance um, and they're running a WordPress website, these are the people to approach. They also um, offered, a, it's just a fantastic offer to the WP Tonic Tribe. Um, if you go, if you go to the website and you click the, one of the banners, that's for Conversio. You'll be taken to a landing page, and you fill in the details. And on any of their plans, you'll be given thirty percent off for the life of the plan. That is an amazing offer. Um, you really should have a look at this and take it up. Um, so on to the next story. Um, a, a slightly more happier story, a, uh, a WordPress voting guide for Webby Awards. Well, what it looked really good is that so many of um, these entrants in the awards are run on WordPress. I was um, quite um, happy about that. What, what was your response, um, Spencer? I didn't know the Webby still existed. <laughs> no, not really, no. But Honestly, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but this this reminds me of my cynical response to last week's question about the uh, the the I'm just trying open, to find happy open source images. What you know? What was it? The Creative Commons. I'm like, does anybody use Creative? Like, like we live in a, a page builder world now, or a drag and drop world. I love that there are some creative uses of it, but I think I, I have no opinion on this. Like, because I didn't really know that that's a thing anymore. But it is well. One when you have. What has page? Sorry to interrupt, uh, Andrew. What has page builders got to do with quality UX design and um, because design in general? uh, It's like this thing, you know. I got one of these. I bet like a trillion people have one of these, like a white iPhone. It's like we've reached a stage where it's Mies van der You know, form follows function. we don't have 37 different types of phones anymore because we've all agreed that like the form that works is this rectangle that you drag your mouth. Websites have different colors and different images, but we're, I think, so far beyond the idea of like, oh my God, look, somebody invented this thing. Of a such a design barbarian, Spencer. Well, I mean, is there any be, be honest. such a barbarian. Be honest. Is there any innovation? Like the last thing I remember being even a thing was parallax. 
And that was what, six years ago? Can you, any of, either of you guys name any innovation in the web I'll design? Tell what, I'll tell you what's coming, coming to the fore is, is horizontal scro scrolling. Now, sure, it, was quite, but, it was quite a big thing a few years ago, and then it was really hard to implement. But now, horizontals, I've seen in, in a couple of awards things like the Webby Awards, I mean, horizontal scrolling, whatever. But, but it's just like, besides that, like, what's the purpose? The reason I'm bringing it up is like, as soon as you have the, the Lego blocks, okay, this is like the Lego block awards for snapping together 12 I blocks. I don't agree I mean, with you a lot of the time, but I think you got the Lego break with things stuck in your brain. Like, um, look at, but, look at, look at the, <laughs> hold on, look at the page here and tell me what is there about any of the things on this site? Like the update of the, the White House page, got a picture of Biden on the front. What is so, like, what is so remarkable that it needs an award? I don't understand, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but we're just putting together the same components to get the job done. And it's great that they get the job done, but the war award is for innovation of some kind. Like once you've got the car and the wheels and the engine, like, you know, if you have a yeah, Tesla, think, that's the innovation, but another I think, I think you've gone on to firmer ground there. Um, um, I think... That using that word in it isn't a very good idea. I think just saying they've good design. So, what do you reckon, Andrew? Um, I think I think Spencer's got some good points, but I think he's a bit barbaric as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, actually, Spencer's a bit of a realist, right? Because a website is a header, a footer, a sidebar, a navigation, and that's what a website does. Now they're not they're not innovative they're not different because part of being or having a website certainly for commercial purposes is you want somebody to buy something now so you guide them to that buy now button um so i don't actually i'm i'm with spence Johnson. i don't actually see the point in having a webby awards for an innovative website um because there isn't a website that i could even say to you that is innovative that, that I would enjoy going to and just just scrolling through and doing stuff, you know, because it and and I love I love websites. I love looking at other websites and stuff and saying, oh, that's nice. But you know, everybody wants this this motion effects. Everybody wants the zippy blurbs coming been, in. It's and always been just a bit boring, flashy. really. Uh, there's always been the flashy stuff, and then there's always been, in my opinion, solid design, and. Uh, Example solid design to me was the first Adobe website. You know, yeah. the, you know, it it's still a classical to my taste, um, which is a lot of white space, really strong primary colours, good font choices. To me, um, it's still a classic. That first Adobe website. But what do you do when you go to Adobe? You want to buy a bit, so you've got to subscribe to. So you want to find that subscription, that login button to to subscribe to your bit of software. Just the same as Apple. Apple had when they brought the iPhone out. Everybody was screaming about how good the the Apple iPhone website was. Well, you know the BBC BBC.co.uk have really nice designs yeah i know <laughs> i want to just tell you this is my what my my webby award nominee is ling's cars <laughs> and i don't care what you guys say this is the 2021 
innovation award that I am bringing. I want to like in the UK. I gotta tell you, based they are the number the one car seller in the UK online. They are, and for obvious reasons. Yeah, they're not. Are they? Are they? They are. They are. Go for them. She went on Dragon's Den, and people they couldn't believe her, and because she was looking for I don't know, however much it was, and they just thought she was a mad person. I'm but just saying, is, right? She is the well, biggest she seems online, yeah, she seems the biggest online car leasing company in the UK. I'm just saying, like, that is the difference. There was a time in the 1990s when Flash was still the thing. When sure. I would literally spend every morning, because I was doing other stuff and I had lots of money and lots of time, looking at, oh my God, look at how cool every one of these pages is. Like, somebody spent yeah. weeks doing creative stuff. Now, as you say, some of those because that's what I was doing then, right? Like Flash, Flash. Flash I, went to, I, went to, I went to college to, to, to use Flash to build websites. Yeah, yeah. well, I, yeah, funny enough, I went to I did my MA at the London School of Print and Design, you know, the old London School, I do. Of print and Design. yeah. And yeah. Elephant and Castle, I used to journey up onto the Elephant and Castle for about yeah. 18 months, two days speak, a week, where they speak yeah. proper English. <laughs> It would take yes. you 10 minutes to get to the Chinese food menu you wanted to see, but it was worth the wait, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Oh. My main instructor, I can't remember his name, I can see him, he was a New Zealander. He used to come on back to the college on a Harvey Davison. He was a bit of a character, <clears throat> uh, but there we go. Uh, um, yeah, well, you're still a barbarian when it comes to design. I'm sorry, Spencer, but there we go. Uh, I'm just a realist. Yeah. Some things, some things are good, but they just have to go away. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the Webby Award, but it's a meaningless award. It's like you know, congratulations well, for your iPhone protective case. You know, here we go. Yeah. Um, what's our next story? Um, what my dad gave his shop. Um, I like this because um, I think in a way, kind of personalized, very large. I'm um, looking for the right word here. Um, um, things that we need to talk about, you know, in a way, because it this it, it kind of focused in a personal way the dilemma of being efficiency being the only parameter price to consume and that because fundamentally you end up with Amazon running everything. Um, but on the other hand, you can't just support businesses if they've kind of run out of time, really, that um, I suppose it's really finding a balance. And I, I don't think we've done that in the UK or in America. So what did you reckon about this story, Spencer? Did it kind of click any, be any insights or bells for you? Yeah, I'm glad you picked this one. I just read it on my own. I, I like the articles from The Atlantic and so forth. Um, by the way, as an aside, before I say on this one, I notice on my iPhone, I have New York Times articles in the Atlantic. On my iPhone, if I take the New York Times links from my Apple News and I put them into Safari, if you hit browse and then hit stop real quick on the Safari browser, it doesn't cause the thing to block the story so you can read it, which I appreciate because I think that's absurd that they give you five stories a month or something. With the Atlantic, <laughs> they've got a better web designer, because I can only read the two stories they give me, and then that's it. But I hope they don't stop that. So the Atlantic, uh, this story I enjoyed because 
It did remind me as a guy who spent a lot of the 90s going back and forth to San Francisco and also growing up in Chicago, there's lots of small store owners. Um, I'm also a big fan because I knew the original founders and saw how it went of what happened with Blockbuster video store here in the States, where there was a time where it was the most enormous success story. But they, for those who don't know, they rented DVDs or VHS tapes. And then everybody thought they would be around forever. And then literally overnight, they were gone as soon as Netflix came out because they made a huge mistake thinking people still wanted to schlep over to the store instead of just having it downloaded immediately to their screen. So this gave me a nice nostalgia. I also liked how it showed that people will support a neighborhood business. And you see that now in the pandemic with certain businesses and stores. So I think think there's also a cautionary tale here, which is Frank, the father, built a great business and he lived the life that he wanted. And I don't think there's anything to regret about that. He Mm. paid his employees. But... The cautionary tale is to not hold on for nostalgia alone, because when the realities catch up with people's emotional desire to support, there's only so much your neighbors can do to support you if you don't have a product that's working in today's world. And a guy like Frank is a a throwback to another era. I mean, we are in a disposable economy of electronics where I every day for my my automobiles or my stuff around the house, like. I can see that it's cheaper to recycle the thing and buy it new than it is to try to fix it. And then we talk about things like right to repair. Things that Frank does will not be around unless we protect right to repair anyway. That was that whole conversation. But even if it was around, the problem is there's just a value proposition. I like to fix stuff. I build stuff from scratch. I know a lot of things from carpentry to electronics to whatever. I find I have to often say, how much of my personal time do I get pleasure from fixing things versus just getting something new and giving my broken thing off to somewhere irresponsible? I think think you've got some great, before I put it over to Andrew, I think you've got some great points there. But I think it's the balance, Spencer, because obviously um, technology moves on. And like if you were... Uh, a buggy whip manufacturer for horses because cars that you know the future of buggy whips kind of runs out, doesn't it? You're but, pivot. You're pivot. But, but oh, but with this, that I think there was other factors. It's finding that balance. Had he had his decline been caused solely by technology moving on, or was it also accelerated? because Amazon and other big retailers through the taxation system avoiding paying local taxes, which Amazon did for a long time. Were these factors and really the support that small business gets in America and in Britain, the politicians are always talking about it, but when you actually really look at it, it's practically non-existent. So um, are these factors? What did you reckon, Andrew? Well, I, I, I haven't read it all, and that's, that's down to me because, you know, I went off and played golf. But um, the, the point is, you know, generally I admire people that stick, stick by their guns and say, no, I've got, I, I know that I've got a customer base for this. Well, it's about niching down, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, we're always telling people in web to niche down and you'll, you'll be better off in the long term. Um, but it's also about the naivety of of what's going on around you 
in the web, digitally, where there's other things in your neighborhood and also your customers moving away and or dying. You know, that's the, the key. You know, all businesses rely on loyalty and it doesn't matter whether you, you know, we're talking the Tesco's and the Asda's and the Amazon's of this world. They all still rely on customer loyalty. The, the, they want to get customers back in. That's why they're always trying to upsell you or downsell you. So when you've got a, a, a thing like this, like he had, you have to kind of pivot. You have to find something else that you can add to to give added value yeah, of I why think, people I think come one in. of the things you could criticise him is, and I might be wrong here because I, I skim read the article, but I did spend a bit of time reading it because I thought it was well written as well. It is, it's a lovely yeah. article. Um, is that he, there was no mention that he, he started his own website or he tried to sell products online or find... His, pro his problem was the nature of the product. He was, he was selling stuff that I remember well, old-fashioned hi-fi gear, which cost, it was for audiophiles, right? 700 yeah. to $7,000. Now, what did it get replaced by? People having laptops and iPods and iPhones. That's what the problem is, is that nobody, think about it. When's the last time you know of anybody who went out, like was common in the 80s and 90s and spent $7,000 on a, a hi-fi system? I know someone. They, somebody, no, somebody just went out and some, honestly, literally two or three weeks ago, we we're talking about this around the table. They were, they were, you know, socially distanced around the golf club and everything talking about it. This guy literally went out and spent 10 grand on a Denon system. Do you remember? I mean, Denon? exception to the rule, maybe, because yeah, the majority no, of people, people were saying they prefer they prefer a record player rather than this this DVD. They love the and records are resurging. Certainly in the UK, record sales are, are resurging. They are definitely that, that's resurging. like coming back again retro. But I'm saying, like, if you were a person who's supporting yourself in a business, that might have been one of the ways that let's say Frank was still doing this. He might have looked for a market of 30-something-year-olds that were like just discovered LPs and Wi-Fi yeah. and hi-fi or hi-fi systems from the 70s and 80s. He could have built a niche business on that. But what he was doing instead was like old guy in the same spot trying to sell stuff to people that like are all past that. And that, okay. that could have been the problem. That, that's that, but that's the problem with with businesses that are stuck in their ways. Look at Woolworths in the UK, stuck in their ways. Hmm. Wouldn't wouldn't pivot, wouldn't do what other people are doing. Competitors came into the high street, Woolworths, boom, gone. Yeah. Same thing is happening to John Lewis. Same thing is happening to um, uh, another thing that I can't remember, Best, Best Buy or something or, or whatever. But there's, there's a few retail outlets, big, big retail companies that are suffering because they're not changing their ways. You know, we're, we've been invaded in the UK by Aldi and Lidl. Thank goodness, you know, they did a price comparison against Waitrose and Lidl, and there was an, it's the same products, and there was an eight-pound difference in your shopping trolley from Waitrose to Lidl. But there's not an eight-pound difference, or there's no difference in, in the food that you've bought. Waitrose <laughs> say, we don't want you in here unless you can afford that eight pounds extra. And, and Lidl and Aldi go, come in, baby, you know, we'll have you, because come we don't care. Us. Come, Come to, to us. So they, they, so Waitrose aren't, and and also, you know, Ocado, they split away from Waitrose. That's a big deal in this country that Ocado were the delivery arm of Waitrose, right? So now Waitrose are using 
Deliveroo or, or uh, Uber Eats, actually, to deliver groceries right. because they had to replace that. You know, it was like yeah, a, a, small a chip shop. Between. A small chip shop is, is not going to survive if they don't have, like, everybody is eating healthy, right? If they don't sure. change their menu to offer salads or something healthy, then they can't expect because everybody nah, in the city. Well, can't really be, really can't really be really a good bit of fish and chips. You only need to open a chip shop on a Friday night. It's fine. You know, the, there are, we've got a chip shop in our local village here. That on a Friday night from 4 p.m. till 9 p.m. Okay, fine. But if you live in a neighborhood of all vegans and you don't have drunk people coming out of the pubs, I'm saying you got to be aware of who your audience is. I don't think Angie's a vegan, do you? Angie's a vegan. My corn salad sandwiches I only get from Marks and Spencer. Oh, he's off again. I have got vegan food in my my cupboard, which I regularly look at. You don't look like a vegan to me, Angie. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Uh, and I smoke it when I need to. <laughs> I smoke it when I need to. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, it was a nice story. Oh, on to the next story. Frank, Frank's uh, not happy retired, by the way, so that seems okay. Yeah, Good. yeah I think Frank's going to be all right, but it was an interesting piece. Um, uh, well, no, there's a, there's a, there's a, I just got to do that. It's an interesting piece. People should read it and realize that the, that when their businesses are failing or going down or whatever, that they need to do something about that, whatever that may be. Close it and retire or pivot or find something like, you know, approach 30-year-olds that, that love the sound of um, hi-fis rather than um, the digital stuff. So that's the point, yeah. I think, from that yeah. story. Yeah. Moral of the story. Right, right. Sorry. So on to the next story. WP Engine Review. I don't know because these are normally, but it comes from a good source. It comes from WP Shout. And those people, you know, they normally write some decent stuff. So that's one of the reasons why I, I thought we'd bun this in. WP and, and talking about hosting, people just love it. WP Engine Review 2021. Great WordPress hosting but not the best. And I've got to say, they did the best for I A previous great sponsor, still love them. They made Kinsta number one. What did you reckon about this, Andrew? I have a thing about managed hosting because... Do you? It's a little I secret, do. Is it? I know. I have a thing about it. I, I don't like it I because they're, my opinion... They're liars, all every single one of them. I don't care who we're talking about. They are liars. Oh, God of IT. Talk about Let's get people game. upset. This will give us your website for 25 quid a month and we'll we'll make sure it works. And then all of a sudden your website gets really busy and say, Oh, actually, it's gonna be a hundred dollars a month. And oh no, actually, you need another couple of PHP workers. And oh no, actually, we're not we're not that management. Or well, my site went down. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, well, that's not what we do. You gotta make somebody somehow, no, Andrew. You are gonna say I am a managed WordPress web host, then manage my WordPress websites, please. You know, don't tell me. That, oh, sorry, you're, you, you tell me if my site goes down. Tell me if my site's going to be broken. I'll tell you who do do a good job of that. I'll tell you who do. And this isn't because they're, they're a former sponsor. Kinsta will email you and tell you a plugin has got a vulnerability. I love that. Never had an email like that from Flywheel or WP Engine or anybody else that says that they manage websites. A, a managed web host should get back to you within 10 minutes of you doing a support ticket. Not, in my experience, four days. 
It's just no, outrageous. I think, ten, I, think ten, I think 10 minutes is a little bit uh, pushing it, but four, four days is ridiculous. It was one extreme to the other there, I feel. But there we go. I, I use a web host that gets back to me within eight minutes every time. Every single time. And they well, don't. We are, we are hosting provider as well, and I, and I I reply to a lot of the tickets, and yeah. I, we do. You know, I think getting back in less than a half hour is totally less. But we do jump around if the site is down. Yeah, but they don't um, just get back to you. They say, "Sorry about that. We fixed it," and you go, "Yay! That's why I use you." <laughs> Yay! So I don't. I'm not even. I'm not even interested in talking about WP Engine or or SiteGround or Flywheel or any of these supposed managed hosts. They need to start telling the truth before I'll talk to talk about them. Frankly, I can't. All right, there you go. Well, there you go. So I can't. I can't make my panels, especially when I'm down to two. Uh, um, so. <laughs> Uh, oh, dear, dear. Um, so, Spencer, um, what did you think of this little piece? I mean, the article is okay, but I think he omitted two critical parts of this. And I, I agree with Andrew um, about his comment about them being... I, I, I'm not going to put the intent on them as being liars, but I will use the term, they are all dishonest about what they're really selling. <laughs> So they're not lying to deceive people. They're being dishonest about telling people what they're really buying, which is like an error of omission, but with intent maybe. And here's why. The guy didn't talk about the two most critical problems with these. Number one is the word managed does not mean what they're implying it means. It means something different. It means we are running a school bus service for campers going to a kid's camp, and we're going to shove you in your seat on the bus, shut up, don't stand up, don't make noise, don't distract the driver. And if you do, you're going to be taken care of, but not in the way you think. You're going to be taken care of like reprimanded because it's absurd, like WP Engine in particular, is charging people for visitors. That is the most ridiculous thing under the sun. But they've got a pricing model that is partially based upon overcharging people for visitors. Like in 2021, for God's sake. But number two, which is true about WP Engine, really, and also about Kinsta, sorry, and every one of these. is well, not sponsoring, but I, I still met, love them. But. It's not about you, sorry. I'm saying sorry for Kinsta. I don't agree that they're a good choice because what all the managed hosts do is they implement their own varnish, caching, and CDN against your will and without you being able to access it, which when you are in the sphere that we're talking about, today and every day about a modern WordPress website with a stack of plugins, dynamic WordPress websites cannot have varnish and cache and certain types of CDN applied to them without you knowing about it because that takes snapshots of like, you know, what happened right now. And five minutes from now, if somebody changes their membership or buys a product or does something you need to track, it interferes with that ability. And since they're not honest with you up front and they're assuming you're stupid, because you need the help of a managed, you have to be clever enough to hire somebody who knows better, who then, like any of us or me, has to go to Kinsta. And I literally have tickets. I include this. I say, can you please disable the CDN? Can you please turn off the varnish? So, like, why? And I go, because here, here's a printout from my you know console showing it's messing with this. So, like, okay, we'll do it for 60 minutes and we'll 
we'll limit the bandwidth of the site to one gigabyte for 60 minutes, and then yeah, we're going to yes. turn it back on. Yeah. And I'm like, go fuck yourselves. How about that? And the exactly. client moves, <laughs> and the client moves to Cloudways. No, here's an actual, here's how it actually goes. I say to the client, I'm 100% sure this is the problem because I've seen it a million times now with, with WP Fusion and so forth. I'm like, let's do a free clone of your site on Kinsta or WP Engine or SiteGround or anything. Let's put it on a Cloudways Vulture or Dream, you know, uh, whatever. Let's side by side without changing anything, see if all the problems go away. And nine out of 10 times, all the problems go away, which proves the point. The cost of a Cloudways, for example, is less because they're not claiming to manage. There's no limits on visitors. There's no lack of a built-in email system, blah, blah, blah. This is a business model that while I love Jason Cohen and that he built something back in 2013 that solved a bunch of problems, it's time has come to end managed hosting because it is literally dishonest well, about what they're I saying. Don't, I don't tell you, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. And then you, as normal, you push it a little bit too How's far. How's it gone too far? Uh, well, it depends what you call manage, isn't it? And with my service... They're charging we, a premium for features that are we, ordinary we, built into Cloudways that aren't costing people time or money, if you did, but they're if charging you, did, you for something that aggravates your actual purpose for yeah. having the site. Well, there's a few, isn't yeah, there? If there's, you did, pain, there's run yeah. cloud, there's Cloudways. They do they do this stuff. And, that, and the reason that these companies have grown so much is because you're actually managing your own server. Now, that's right. not that's not right for the person. I'm off the street. Yeah. I'm a florist. I, I've come in. I, I want my website. Can I slightly interrupt? Sure. Because the point I was trying to make to Spencer is like with my, we provide hosting as part of our package. Well, our, our hosting is uses Google Cloud and we set it up so it doesn't do the things right. that you you mentioned, but then we go a step further. We we will manage all the plugins that we provide, and if a client wants a particular plugin, and once we check it over, we will integrate it with the stack, and then we will support that as well. And we provide a host like email video hosting, enough, a number of other Perfect. elements as part. So we're adding real value. And, so and that is, by the way, that's what, I, that's what I call that. That is what managed means. Like some person is personally giving a concierge experience to the uninitiated <laughs> client. But Versus, I do agree with you. They're using that word. They're not going to help you if you're, like, I can't tell you how many clients who are just business people have tried on their own to get help because their website isn't working. And unlike what you're delivering at WP Tonic, let's say, which, by the way, is terrific. I mean, that's an example of it. When they write a ticket into there, they get untruthful answers of omission. Oh, maybe you should uh, give us access to your site and we'll look into it. Or, oh, we'd, we've never seen this before. Oh, what could well, it maybe you be? need extra extra space or maybe we need to charge you another 60 and, bucks a month for four PHP workers. And or, then it's the three-card Monty. You know, I mean, yeah. then they, they shuffle the cards and go, look, it works. We fixed it for you. All they did was they just cleared the varnish or the cash. You know, I mean, yeah. that kind of bullshit. It's crazy. So, and I'm not saying they're bad people. I think the quality of the people at the company, like WP Engine, fantastic. Like I say, Heather, who runs the company, I don't know her personally. I knew Jason personally. They're outstanding people. 
but they built a model based upon a school bus of kids. And now they're trying to keep up with their investors by continuing that model. And I'm saying it's dishonest to sell a product that claims managed gives people the benefit when really managed means they're, they're managing to keep you from running away with their limited servers. That's what they're managing to do. They're managing to prevent people from costing them more money. And that's and I feel, uh, just to and just to finish off. I feel sorry for the average client because, oh my God, this is all this is all so bloody confusing. It's less confusing so, today than it ever was. Even like at Cloudways, I'm not saying your WP Tonic's an outstanding example, but let's say somebody showed up at a, a Cloudways. Cloudways has four pre-made buttons. You know, a, a standard WordPress with or without. You know, like WooCommerce, blah blah blah. And then their, their caching is as simple as you see the plugin, the Brizzy plugin, or you see that the varnish is on. It really is actually a much simpler interface than anything you would get from a cPanel or WHM experience. But admittedly, most people, they would rather not even think about that. So when you have a client there, you simply go, here, here's a, here's a new installation. Just use WordPress. You never have to show up on the dashboard again. Because for my benefit as the intermediary, I just don't want to have to fight the host about things they're hiding from yeah. me, which is what happens more often than not with yeah. these clients, you know. And it's yeah, frustrating. So on on before we go to our recommendations, I want to talk about a free webinar that we're going to be doing in June. And it's the second Friday of June. It'll be the eleventh of June. It's with Spencer, and we're going to be. To, it's going to be part of a series of three webinars that we're doing together, and it's all about membership and modern automation. I'm going to throw it over to Spencer, and he's going to quickly tell us some more about what we're going to be covering. Over to you, Spencer. Well, uh, we should mention, too, for those who are watching live today, that we're also having right after today's show, part two of this three-part webinar. So the June is part three. And as you said, uh, just checking the date, that's Friday, June 11th. Today, we're covering the middle part of it, which is going to be how to configure your stack of plugins for a modern WordPress setup. And this will allow you very simply to onboard your new users using marketing automation, sales funnels versus shops whether and how to use social networking features, but by keeping to a very limited stack of plugins, and we'll talk a little bit today maybe about the hosting thing, you can assure yourself or your clients of a very, very reliable snap-together solution that you have full ownership and control over. So in the version three or the third session, we're going to talk about now that we've configured it, we're going to talk about how to launch it and how to use a different type of psychology than the old days. In particular, one example is there was a time not that long ago Ryan Dice and everybody, Perry Belcher, would have recommended, you need to nurture your new prospects. Get them to give you an email and then send them 65 drip emails through your CRM. Uh, try telling somebody today that if they gave you their email, you're going to force them to get 65 emails and you'll hear the whooshing sound of them leaving you faster than Superman. So we're going to talk about how to use your website as the Tell people there's a party going on on a certain page, and now you can track them and customize their journey and deliver to them an experience that we all want, which is not wasting time anymore, because none of us can afford to waste any more time. Uh, I think the 2022 and 2023 are going to be like the roaring 20s. Everybody's going to want to go out and have fun and take care of as little as possible in front of a computer. So better you get their attention faster in a more modern way. 
All right. So thank you for that, Spencer. And like I say, we're going to be doing a live broadcast at around 10.30 today. If you're watching this live, you'll be able to join us. Please do. Yeah. It'll be on the YouTube. And I'll paste on- the link so somebody who comes in uh, uh, can drop on in today or, you know, sure. do it in the future. It's at lingscars.com, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, um, so on to our recommendation. My recommendation isn't entirely tech. It's a YouTube channel and it's from an independent news organisation that has a lot of British, English, British news, but can the subjects which they talk about can be applied to the US and it's double-down news. That in Britain, um, and especially in England, practically all the news is controlled by the right wing and by the BBC. But um, basically, they have been promoting the real sickness at the heart of British democracy. And it's not a right wing or left wing. It's just corruption, blatant corruption of such a level that has been breathtaking and how the present government has been getting away with it is just amazing. Um, but their um, right-wing newspaper friends don't want to talk about it. Um, go to this channel and find out more about the truth of what's going on in, in England. Um, you will be aghast. And it's a sorry state, really. Um, over to you, Angie. What do you recommend? Well, so I've I've become a product developer, so Ooh. I'm going to promote my product develop my product. Yeah, please do. Which is divisorted.com, and it's uh, a basically a sorting plugin. So when you have something and you've got products and you want to sort them by oldest and newest and popularity and and by category and everything and you you can just sort them and it's got nice transitions and all that kind of stuff but it's also totally visual builder friendly so there's there's lots of stuff going on but it also works because we developed it because we, there just isn't a solution out there that's visual builder compatible we, we did it for posts pages projects custom post types and coincidentally we found it works perfectly with woocommerce so it's great you know you can't change the add to cart button in woocommerce you know on the in the divi builder you can't actually change that add to cart button so you can you can change everything and limit the amount of text that's displayed and uh, i love divi sorted and it's it's launching on monday we're going to put it out live but we've uh, we've launched the website today just to give us some teasers and a little video so i love it it's a great oh, little plugin. Great. I'll make sure you, you've supplied the links. I saw your email this morning. I'll Brilliant. make sure it's all in the show notes. So, Spencer, um, what got anything you'd like to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, I came across a video by a group called The Future, F-U-T-U-R. Um, and what I liked about it was if for anybody who is faced with a client scenario where the client is resistant to a high-ticket item, like in this case, the example is some kind of like hands-on editing or something for $5,000. And what happens in those cases, which is really well done in this very short video, is you can reverse it on the client. And he just, this is just great to watch for a technique to use on a client. Client is offered your website development services or some other kind of consulting services. And they say, 
Um, you know, I don't know if I want to spend $5,000. I had a budget like a thousand and you know, your service is worth what it's worth. So what he does is demonstrate the turnaround technique where he says, I'll tell you what, how about I do it for free, but you give me 50% of the revenue from the people that are onboarded from this thing I'm going to do for you. And then all of a sudden the client does the math and they go, well, we were expecting to get like 5,000 new clients at 500 a piece. And that's like 5,000 times 250. And it's like, whoa, that's a lot of money for you. That's my money. I don't want to give it to you. So then you can say, well, then make it easy. Just pay me the $5,000. You've already figured out that, you know, you're going to make the hundred something thousand dollars of profit because of what I'm doing. And it's essentially a way to hold a mirror up to a client. And I used to teach this kind of stuff, but we actually use it every day. One of the best ways of this in real life of WordPress is when you ask the client, do they have a budget in mind? That's what I used to teach. Sure. And clients say, I have no budget in mind. Well, the answer to that is, oh, well, then you could spend $100,000, right? They go, whoa, whoa, not $100,000. I'm like, 20000 No, no. In other words, everybody has a number, but you just have to help them to see how ridiculous they're being. So if you are selling anything on the internet, with the, especially WordPress, a, a good little tip on this one. Yeah. Great. Oh, Brilliant. It's a, it's a great insight. Um, it's so true. Um, and I think it's also people... It's the most strange, isn't it? It's the great strength of WordPress has been the plugin, the third-party plugin community like LaunchFlows, like what Andrew um, is doing, his new um, plugin. But it also has consequences because when people want customization, custom coding, they, they, especially if they're newbies, they really have no idea about price, about support, about anything that goes with it, isn't it? It's um... yeah. Well, I, I uh, to to reverse it around to what I do when with clients when they say, "Oh, well, I've got a budget of a thousand. I say, "Well, what are you using as your benchmark? So, how did you get to that thousand pounds or dollars or whatever? Where's where's your benchmark? So, you know nothing about web design. You know nothing about web hosting. You know nothing about funnels or or whatever, how did you manage to reach that conclusion that this is going to cost you a thousand? This is you want this to cost you a thousand pounds rather than five thousand or ten thousand, and that then puts them in a position doesn't make them uncomfortable. They kind of just think about it and go, Well, okay. And once we explain the situation, it takes 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, and say what's involved without getting too technical with them. They kind of they kind of accept that it's going to cost five thousand dollars or five thousand pounds, you know. So yeah. you, there, there's ways to have that conversation. I like Spencer's um, method because it works. You know, you you like you say you mirror you mirror it straight back. Well, it's penny wise, dollar foolish, right? Like everybody assumes that something sounds expensive until they're able to compare it to the reality of their pain. Where you know. I mean, it's just like that in life. I'm I'm guilty of this all the time. I'll sit there and agonize over something on Amazon that's 10 cents more than something else. But then I realize, like, if I need something, I'll go and use Instacart and pay 20% more on a $400 grocery bill just so I don't have to go to the store. You just have yeah. to, you have to figure out how to get people in that frame of mind. And it's a, it's a talent that comes from practice. It's an art, maybe. I, I had a great amount of difficulty in the old days with the, when I met Jonathan originally, like, my 1WD days teaching people, I could teach them how to build the stuff or how to put together the offers. 
But actually interacting with people, it's like being a musician or a poker player or, you know, anything that requires practice. You just have to be interested and willing to keep trying it. And it's really wild when it works because yeah. this is human psychology 101. It's not like you're inventing something. You're just using what's there. I've got a really quick story. My brother and I played golf and I play golf at not a cheap golf course, right? It's not cheap, but it works out about 20 pounds a round for me because I play so often. But we were playing and he said, wow, these fairways are great. Look at how tidy these tees are. Look at these greens are just so great. You know, look at the, it's just wonderful. You know, look at the lake. You've got, you've got koi carp in the lake and everything. And he had a great day and played great golf. Went into the car park after we'd had a drink and he said, thanks very much. And he said, by the way, how much does it cost? And I told him, he went, what? How, how is it worth that much? I said, for 18 holes of this golf course, for the drink when we went to the bar and for the facilities that we went to wherever, you actually said why it's worth that much because you could not say anything bad about this golf course. So it's a value proposition. So he he knew the value, but he wasn't accept he wasn't prepared. You said it was 20 quid or 200 quid? 20 pounds a game it works out. But I play three times a week or maybe oh, four that, times. You're you're living large there because here that would cost you four hundred dollars. No, a good course. No, but I'm a member of a golf club, so I pay an, an annual fee, which is in the thousands. But it's oh, not, there. you know. So he went. I can't. How can you do that? Because he's a member of his, you know, local golf course that costs him seven hundred pounds a year. But it's not, you know, you can't play it four months of the year because it's in such a rough state. But it's the value, you know. He was saying on every single hole. He was he was excited about the value of what you know how beautiful this was. I said, you explain to yourself over eighteen holes why it costs this much to be a member of this golf course. Also, just to finish off, because it is in, thanks for this discussion, but just to finish off, I also think I also think as soon as you're talking to a company or an individual that's making what I was going to say real money from from their website. I've just noticed that if you're starting to talk to those type of individuals, you almost almost always, not in every case, but almost, you have a totally different discussion oh, you yeah. when you're talking to individuals that aren't really making <clears throat> any real money from their website or their hope to make money from their website. Yeah. It, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good lesson. It's a totally for, different discussion. That's a good lesson for anybody who's creating stuff for, <clears throat> for the WordPress community. And this is not to say that one shouldn't provide services to the WordPress base, which I, I think is fundamental. But like when I talk about where WP Launchify or some of the plugins that we represent, like WP Fusion, make their money, they're not making it from the native WordPress familiar people. <laughs> They're because those folks are do-it-yourselfers like nickel dime, nickel dime, nickel dime. They're making it from the people that come from like Infusionsoft or Salesforce or HubSpot or one sure. of those because those people are used to spending twenty five hundred dollars to have a phone call with a consultant, and their pain is worth tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, in this. So when you're looking to sell something, whether it be web services or whatever, instead of looking for no offense, but like selling it to a, a yoga teacher with zero dollars, you you probably take the same quality of your services and apply them to some client who needs it, like a restaurant or an automotive dealer or something else, because then you won't have those disappointments of yeah. why, why won't you spend what I'm worth? Well, it's because she never had the money to begin with or he never had the money to begin with. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. Right. All right, then. Thank you so much, panel. Um, So, Andrew, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Go to thisisandrewpalmer.com and uh, everything's on there. So, and Mm. at Arnie Palmer on Twitter. That's it. And you can find me there. And Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Right. Yeah, I'll be uh, at lingscars.com. <laughs> or you can find me here at WP Tonic. Uh, we're going to be doing the webinar now. You'll see me on the other webinar. Or you can go to the YouTube channel. In about half an hour we'll be doing it. Uh, otherwise, WPLaunchify.com, which is a, a free discovery tool for anybody who needs to figure out what recipe, followed by personal service and support if you need it. Great. That's great. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.